Hello, e-commerce fans, and welcome to 10-Minute Ecom, an AOV Lab podcast. Every episode, we break down a new and different tactic that can help you improve your e-commerce KPIs, key performance indicators. I'm your host, Andrew Figgins, and like most of you, I am an e-commerce professional. You may know me as the founder of AOV Lab, the former VP of Digital Product Innovation at Scrubs and Beyond, or the former Director of E-commerce Technology at Rural King. Today, I'm excited to be talking to Phil Irvine, an e-commerce colleague that is doing very interesting work in e-commerce. Anyway, Phil, what did you come on the show to share today with your e-commerce colleagues? Hi, my name is Phil Irvine. I'm from a company called Mojo. We're a digital operating partner with a focus on digital and creative strategy. And I am based out of Sherman Oaks, California. And so one thing I've seen in e-com that has a direct impact on the health from a revenue and profitability standpoint for a business is thinking about your digital product merchandising strategy. Thank you, Phil. After the ad, we'll get right into the chat. Today's episode of 10 Minute Ecom is brought to you by Shopbox.ai. I've evaluated hundreds of e-commerce technologies in the last two years, and Shopbox is at the very top of my list. They're an award-winning Irish team full of innovators that figured out a way to help e-com brands build a store around every customer, which results in five times longer site sessions. That's not a typo or an ad read mistake AOV Lab is helping Shopbox break into the North American e-com and retail market, and we're happy to arrange an intro and demo so you can see exactly how their add-on technology works to deliver outsized results. Go to aovlab.com and click on Vendor Network to set up your 30-minute discovery call with Shopbox. And now, back to the show. Excellent, Phil, and I'm so excited that you're here today on 10-Minute Ecom. Can't wait to get into this tactic and topic with you today. Tell me a little bit about merchandising strategy for a product that's brand new. We were just chatting right before uh, we started recording today about uh, a product that you're introducing to market and just the challenges that come with introducing a brand new SKU. Yeah, definitely. The brand that we'll focus on here today is called Moon. It's spelled actually MXN. And incidentally, we only have four SKUs. So you wouldn't think that a merchandising strategy could really have an impact on a business. But for some context, it's a non-alcoholic spirit that has uh, cannabis. So it's a newer non-alcoholic spirit in the market. We have three main flavors, a tequila, a gin, and a bourbon. And we call them our flagship SKUs. They're 750 milliliters, so larger bottles. But over time, as we approached our launch, we thought it would be a value add to have a sampler pack. So basically a sample of each of those three flavors at a much smaller size at a much lower price point. So a price point of $35 versus $80 for the flagship products. And the initial hypothesis was that because it's a new product, it's completely new in the marketplace. We thought that a lot of people would want to sample the product first and get a feel for which flavor they would like before they made the investment in a bigger dollar, in a bigger bottle. So that was the main impetus for coming to market with a sampler pack as we started the launch nationwide. Gotcha. And you found through doing that, it sounds like that maybe the initial thoughts that you all had about creating that sampler pack, they didn't necessarily meet the customer expectations. Is that right? 
I think what was interesting is over the first two to three months of launch, 60% of our sales were actually from the sample pack. And our hypothesis was validated. A lot of people, as they got to our site, as they saw some of our ads, they they did want to just sample the product before investing in one of our bigger bottles. What happened though is we're we're still sorting out having consistent inventory available for our consumers from a DTC standpoint and also from a wholesale standpoint. It's just by the nature of driving sales, we actually ran out of stock of the sampler product. And we were really concerned because we thought not having this lower price point product as part of our portfolio would greatly impact our cost to acquire customers, essentially. We were running meta ads a little bit with Google. We tested a little bit with display advertising, and we just had this huge fear. And when the sampler pack went out of stock, we actually did see our customer, our, our cost for, per new customer, our, our acquisition costs spike from about $72 to $100. And if you compare that to our average order value of about 110, it wasn't really an ideal mix. Yeah, for a period of time, it, it was driving sales, but we also found that the repeat purchase rates of people who bought that sampler versus the main flagship products was much lower, almost 50% less for those people that initially acquired the sampler pack. So that was the key nugget and the learning that we didn't necessarily have to lean so hard into pushing that sampler pack because in the, in the long term, we found that those people weren't necessarily coming back to purchase again as frequently. Very good. And I think it's great that you were able to discover that early on. I think a lot of companies discover something similar to that, but it's maybe the product's been out in the market for a couple of years and it can be a real challenge to make that shift or that pivot. So that's really cool. I think that you guys figured that out to ask you though, cause it's such a unique product and we're talking about the difference between almost like a, a shot version, I think of this in the sampler pack versus the full bottle, the 750 milliliters. I wanted to ask you though, what has some of the customer feedback been? whether through the sampler pack or through just the normal, regular purchases, how, what are you hearing from some customers that are tasting your product for the first time? Yeah. And I'll preface this by saying we're still fairly small. We're not spending more than maybe 20,000 a month in media and ad spend. still a small sample size, but overwhelmingly I'd say 95% of the feedback is overwhelmingly positive with people that have tried the product. We're getting a lot of great feedback from either those that completely abstain from alcohol and they see this as a perfect replacement and compliment. And then there's a variety of customer segments that we're going after. But for some people like myself, I, I still do drink alcohol somewhat periodically, but if I want to take a break for a couple of days, it's a it's a great substitute and the quality of the taste of the cocktails has been something that our customer base has responded very favorably towards. So I think that's been a great thing. As with any new business though, there's so much more that we can do. People want to, people want a subscription product of some sort. People want more flavors. We only have three flavors right now. To this point, it's been very positive, but there's definitely a lot more that we can do to really help scale this brand. Absolutely. Have you all done any kind of like event based marketing or anything like that? Have you gone out to some either trade shows or 
things like concert venues to either get the name out there or to offer samples or any of the above? Yeah, that's a, we have, you know, I'm the head of direct to consumer for the moon brands. I have a peer who's actually the head of uh, wholesale retail and wholesale. And so the other distribution channel that we have is primarily through dispensaries right now we have he's focused on developing those relationships with different dispensaries we're mostly in california but expanding out to other locations we offer these locations samples and then they buy they can buy our products in bulk at a lower wholesale price it's funny you mentioned events because that we so we have done a couple of events we did recently have a big collaboration with a company called wanna brands in uh, las vegas I should know the name of the conference, but it was a very big cannabis-focused conference for a lot of leaders in the space. And we collaborated on a huge sweet party at the Cosmopolitan there, and it was a huge success. And we increased our email list size, increased a lot of mentions through social media and whatnot. But it's funny you mentioned that because that's definitely a huge part of how we've seen we can sell this brand a lot in 2024. Do you all have some like difficult regulatory challenges that in hoops that you have to jump through as well, just with the product being what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a couple. So we're number one, we're still only available in 38 states in the United States right now, just because of some states still have restrictions, even though we have a hemp formulation as opposed to cannabis. So that that's one regulation. There's restrictions with certain types of advertising. We would love to get this on Amazon, but mm. there's still, I think with Amazon, you can only uh, sell like merchandising related to cannabis. So that's been a challenge. And then on a wholesale side, it's interesting. There's some states where we're restricted from selling our full 750 milliliter bottle. Like you can only sell cannabis related drinks in smaller portions. So that's, that it's just, it's, it's frustrating because we're getting a lot of demand from a lot of states and establishments, but we have rethink the packaging and the structure of our product to be able to meet that demands. I'm just scratching the surface, but those are some of the, the main challenges that are top of mind, right? Cool. Yeah. And you mentioned digital merchandising and that aspect of it being something around the, the tactic or the topic for today's episode. And that sounds like a huge challenge with a new product like this. And you're facing some regulatory things, trying to get the name out there. How do you look at product development in terms of where to go next? You're probably getting, like we just talked about, you're getting a lot of feedback from customers early on. Well, how do you put together your strategy for how to merchandise the product? Is it based on some of the feedback that you're getting from customers? Yeah, I think it's not to give you like a classic management consultant answer, but it's probably a triangulation of three data points. It's customer feedback, it's market research, and then it's also an analysis of just trends we've been seeing with customer purchase behaviors. So I think, again, it's only four SKUs, but I think we have a lot of ideas with not just the sampler pack, but we're going to be launching a new cocktail kit in the near future, which is, it's a version of the sampler pack, but it also comes with three mixers that you can just mix straight with the moon product to make your cocktail within the package that you get. And I think a big thing, I mentioned subscriptions, but I think another big thing is we do still think there's a place for this 
lower price sampler pack, whether it's maybe we use it as a promotion. If you buy a 750 milliliter, you can maybe get a sampler pack for free or at a discounted price. Like we, we see it more as a lever to increase our basket size, maybe use it for gifting purposes, or like I mentioned, or uh, maybe a one-off promotion of some sort. So I think there's a lot of thoughts that we're thinking through right now, but just the last thing I'll mention too, is definitely more flavors. We, I won't give too much information, but we have a new flavor that's going to be coming to market soon that we're really excited about right now. That's very cool. It's neat to think about those sampler packs because I almost, you mentioned, I think before that the AOV average was about $110. So in my head, when you said that, I was like, okay, that's probably the 750 milliliter plus the sampler pack. But I think what's interesting about it is if it is that add-on product that puts the customer over a hundred dollars, maybe it's the thing or something that can help turn that one customer into three customers or four customers, because they might be sharing it with some of their friends, taking it to a party, taking it to an event, et cetera. Yeah, no, that's a good thought. Yeah. What was so interesting when we ran out of the sampler pack, we, we just didn't have it available to even sell or. Initially, our cap number spiked because naturally they're going to have to spend more money to get people to buy more or higher price products. But we settled into an area now where our AOV increased from 100, 110 to now we're at about 140 as an AOV and our CAC's actually down to 65. There are a lot of other optimizations. Our, our spend levels are reduced. So those are factors. So we have a much better. AOV to CAC ratio without the sampler pack. So that was just another interesting observation. But I think, I think our hypothesis is that the people that we're getting to repeat buy they're they're getting a bigger portion to try and really enjoy, or they're maybe using it for party purposes, sharing it with friends, seeing how those can lead to just great moments and experiences. And then that's incentivizing them to repeat purchase again. But uh, yeah, a, a lot of hypotheses that we have and just thoughts based off of anecdotal evidence, but that's where our head's at right now. Gotcha. Are you all using any particular kind of tools in terms of doing your analysis of like sales numbers and trying to use some of the early metrics that you're seeing? Are you using things like Google analytics or other programs or other tools to analyze things? Yeah, being a scrappy startup, we're not too sophisticated by our commerce for our e-commerce platform, Clavio for email marketing. Yes, so yes, Google Analytics for all the website analytics, traffic, and all that. A tool that it's funny because I've worked in this space for 15 years and I, through a peer of mine, I heard about a tool called Databox, which is a, a data visualization tool to connect all of your, your other MarTech and ad technologies into a centralized location. It's similar to like Domo or Tableau, but Databox has really been, it's really been solid with helping us to spin up really clean and easy views to understand how we're trending with key KPIs outside of just sales and profit, things like CAC that I mentioned, AOV, what's the volume of sales by SKU, site conversion rate and things of that nature. So. It's, it's really been, I, for smaller companies that are a little hamstrung with budget, I definitely recommend that tool as a tool looking so. Very cool. Phil, it, it is 10 minute e-com. And so unfortunately, like the time comes and goes really quick. 
I want to thank you for joining the show today and also ask you before we head out, is there anything that you'd like to, else you'd like to share with your colleagues in e-commerce today? Yeah, I would say it's again, coming from a, a startup environment there, there's always alternatives to get things done versus what's taking up the airspace in the market. Like you'll see a lot of these email providers or analytics tools that their starting points for pricing might be like 20K a month. But even though they're taking up all the, the airspace, there's always other ways to get stuff done. And I would just say, I, I've heard some of your previous guests simply say, just YouTube certain topics and, and teach yourself how to get things done. I would just have that type of mindset if you're in this scrappy mode that there's always ways to get things done in, in different manners than what's just popular or trendy. Absolutely. It sounds the future of Moon is bright. I would be excited to talk to you maybe six months or a year from now just to see your growth story and how this brand takes shape over the next six to 12 months. I think it's pretty, pretty cool. So thanks so much again, Phil, for coming on the show today. Definitely, definitely. And uh, thanks for having me for sure. Well, we've hit that 10 minute mark. So that's a wrap for today's episode. I want to again, thank our guest, Phil Irvine. Bear with me today. I have a very lengthy list of ways that you can support the show. If you have a moment, be sure to subscribe, like, or follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever it is that you listen. You can also rate and review the show inside your favorite podcast app. Also, you can go to aovlab.com and check out more episodes of the show, as well as our vendor network. If you can spare a half hour to take a demo of any of our sponsors, it'll be worth your time. I've hand-selected a set of peer-tested, proven technologies, including Optiversal, Constructor, Thrive Commerce, as well as Espresso and Shopbox AI, who we are helping to introduce to US-based retail and e-commerce brands and professionals. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the show. Until next time, this is Andrew Figgins signing off and saying, have a good one.